Welcome y'all back to Stone Circle episode actual one. Let's see and uh, get this party started. I'm Eli, as always. I'm Avery. And I'm Brittany. Um, today we're basically gonna be uh, polishing up whatever happened last time um, on previous episode zero. We basically smoked weed and talked about witchcraft and we're gonna do that back at it again. So the, the prompts I have for us today to talk about are what we define our craft as, definitions and history of those, why we picked those, how our practice has like changed over our life, and then we're each gonna share some of the things that happened that made us actually believe in this shit. What made you believe? Where were you? When do you remember feeling the Lord or whatever? <laughs> uh, I'm gonna go first. I know that men can be witches, but I'm trying to move away from witch and witchcraft association just because everybody knows you can't do anything like witchy without seeing someone being like, channel your inner goddess, blah, blah, blah. And like, that's cool for some people, but like, I'm a trans man. I like wizard, but like, I, I want to take it a little bit more seriously. When we're still having the argument, men can be witches too, and you're trans mask, if, if you got a fight to be recognized as a man in the first place yeah a little easier to just go with something else yeah and like the even like i'm you know i'm always balls deep on witch talk and stuff and like i'll post shit in that tag but like generally witch for me is too confining and the type of magic that I do I mean it, it does have elements of witchcraft but it's just like whatever the fuck comes like I feel like witchcraft is too limiting that's why I switched and started using like mage and magi stuff magi is plural for mage I know that I don't care like it sounds cool for the insta it's Eli the magi like I as in I and not I as in like the letter so I guess that just plurals me but that's whatever that's fine mage is traditionally used for Zoroastrian priests which is a ancient Iranian religion but like obviously that's not very much in use anymore so now it's just kind of another word for like sage or person who did a lot of learning so I generally consider myself mage-ish. I like magician the most. Anytime you say oh I'm a magician people are either thinks that you like swallow swords and and pull rabbits out of hat or <laughs> they think that you're Crowley number two. Ceremonial ma magic as a whole which is mainly people say when they're like I'm a magician they're talking about ceremonial magic which is gonna be a lot of the like Kabbalistic all the stuff that's like you have to have everything perfect you can't make any mistakes that's gonna be ceremonial magic. I don't really do that it's kind of weird using the term magician but it's I see it more as a jack-of-all-trade most of the people that I encounter that our magicians usually follow Thelema or Thelema. I think it's Thelema, which is the one that Crowley founded. You want to talk about Crowley? Crowley. Just some dude in the late 1800s. He was, okay, so he, he was... He was some guy in like the Victorian era who got into magic for profit, basically. He is the one who the do what thou wilt phrase came from. I mean, his stuff influenced the Wicca, most of the neo-pagans. Um, the New Age. The New Age. Has, it's Victorian era occultism. So there's obviously going to be a lot with it. He was part of the Order of the Golden Dawn, not the founder. Well, yes. 
it is good in magic to be like, I'm going to follow my own path. I'm going to take old traditions and make them new. Well, they did them the first way for a reason. Abramelin the maid, back in the old days, did a ritual to contact your uh, guardian angel. And then you, from that, you contact the devils. Um, I'll link to the Mr. Mythos video on it in here because that's where I learned about it. So he does a very spectacular job at doing what he does. So I'll put that in there but basically you had to like spend 18 months fasting doing religious prayer every day all this hardcore had to memorize everything crowley was going to do the same ritual what he used was a bad translation from the first place so instead of 18 months it was like six months or something but he ducked out after three and then he rewrote the whole thing so he could smoke weed yeah he was basically like, like me too but also you're giving stuff up for a religious purpose if you're gonna do it do it how it was done before at least the first time you know like if i was going to like summon a fucking angel i would want to do it exactly how the last person did it but usually he would find a way to include fucking sex drugs and rock and roll in it so that ritual didn't work some people think that's why that house is cursed um because it opened like a portal to the devil i think it was jimmy page who bought that house later of led zeppelin and i think someone else died and not him or something it's in the mr mythos it's all in there but basically yeah like he had good ideas you know find your garden angel but like the intentions were corrupt. The intentions were corrupt, exactly. So I follow my own set of deities. My deities are, and spirits that I work with are ones that came to me basically as a kid. I kind of always had like the spiritual gift or whatever. So I could always kind of see shadows and stuff. Your mom thought you talked to ghosts all the time. Like even now I had, I had an imaginary friend and I guess I'll have bookmark this as a little as one of the things that kind of made me like scratch my head and believe. I had an imaginary friend as a kid that my grandma was like, oh, you're talking to a ghost. And even as a kid, I was like, no, he's imaginary. He says that he's like Aaron Carter, like 32nd cousin, twice removed. I don't think he's my imaginary friend. And then later, maybe last year, I texted my mom and I was like, ha, remember how grandma used to think I was talking to a ghost? She was like, no, we all did. We all were pretty sure you were talking to a ghost. And I was like, oh. I'm not sure that like six-year-old, you would know what um, a ghost was was it aaron carter's i did listen to aaron carter oh okay i listened which is why i was like no obviously this is fake because i listened to aaron carter and he's telling me what i want to hear so obviously i thought but everyone else was like no i'm pretty sure you're talking to a ghost and now thinking because i think he was like my age or whatever so as like a seven-year-old ghost i'd totally be like <laughs> i'm aaron carter's 32nd cousin fucking twice removed so i have like my main like 12 or 13 that i work with and i I started first it was really 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 overwhelming trying to work with them all at the same time so I just started I was like all right who wants January who wants February let's break this up by month because it's a lot so oh, happy new moon y'all oh yeah happy new moon it just Ooh. hit it just hit um my main deity who I'm calling Tamik for this 
she's the one who's in my Allie Mintz tarot deck. A lot of the times I am like, oh, I sound like fake and shit. But then I'm like, wait, all religions kind of have this. I have like the main deity and then I have life, death and time. Pretty fun. My main guide, um, her name is Lamia. It is not Lamia. It is not the lightning demon or whatever. That is not, it is Lamia. Spelled it's, the same. It's spelled, it's, okay, it's anglicized the same. In the Russian, it would be Lamia with a Y, mm-hmm. but she's never spelled it to me like that. She's an angel in the sense that she is the messenger of the God, but not in the, sorry, she's not like Yahweh. She's not like Christianity, <laughs> bad associations. Usually, since I obviously can't like go to the store and like buy like a figure of her or like things of her, she's been like the closest association. It would be probably like Hecate, any of the like underworld liaison. When I started quote unquote I mean, I guess not quote unquote, worshiping them. I started worshiping my OCs that I made because I didn't really have anything else. I was raised vaguely Christian, but my dad was so batshit insane about his beliefs that I was like, I don't really care about trying to unite Islam, Judaism, and Christianity right now. This is kind of a lot. So I'm gonna gonna write my silly little fan stories about vampires and ninjas. And since in those stories, they were the gods, Gods. I was like, I'll just worship them. And then they started Anna and shit got real. So Lamia started out as a vampire. Her original name was, y'all want to hear Krin? Her original name was Kyu Ketsueki Suiho, which in Japanese, very badly translated from like this one dictionary that I had, means like blood sucking vampire blood eater or something like I found the name Lamia, I think, through some, some rabbit hole I went on with. I work with Elias is my twin flame and not twin flame as in we were soulmates or whatever. Twin flame as in literally like we are the same soul in different universe. I'm Eli. He's Elias. And kind of by that, I work with some of the spirits he works with. I also work with his soulmate. So that's where I do a lot of my shadow work and relationship work. Who better to ask than someone who's been through roughly the same shit, just different AU and like offering wise like I do offerings pretty regularly and by that I mean like I light a stick of incense and be like this one's for you homie that's what offerings are yeah sometimes if I'm eating a food especially for them like when I go and get my like 7-eleven god order and they want hello pandas uh, I'll eat one I'll be like I eat this in honor of blah 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 let me take a hit for this we're gonna get a little uh metaphysical I also have started using pop culture paganism because you can only be reached out so many times before you're like, hello? Is there someone on the other line? There's a lot of discourse about that. As a lot of people are like, it's not rooted in anything old, so it's not real. It's not an ancient religion. They said the same thing about Christianity back in 34 AD. Yeah. They were like, Jesus? Who's this new guy? Like, he died last week. This is fake. There's also a lot of um, mentally ill people on the internet who are spreading a lot of misinformation and there's a lot of like cesspool in that. My personal belief, how I I go with the idea of tulpas or egregores and like the multiverse, I'm sure 
somewhere, somehow, there's a universe where everything is exactly like a movie or something. A lot of the times you'll see it used with like other kin stuff, which is where people have like a spiritual connection. Started as non-human. Started, yeah, started as like animals and plants and stuff and then as technology it turned into people and celebrities and fictional characters fictional characters and stuff like that which like listen as one of the mentally ill people on the internet boy boy was i into some weird shit when i was seven <laughs> i did fully identify as other kin back like a couple years ago like i yeah, have when we first met i have a kin page on my tumblr and like every time i look at it i'm like should i delete that and then i'm like i mean i don't go on tumblr anymore it's a relic um, it's a relic I see it more as for me, especially with, I work with the Legend of Zelda pantheon of Hylia and Din, Nehru, and Furore. And basically, like, my entire life I've been obsessed with this game. I've had dreams about this, I've had dreams of being in this game, like, flying around looking at the level. Before you even played them or L saw them. Like, like, as soon as I learned what other kin was, this is the same thing that happened when I was trans. As soon as I met another trans man, I was like, Oh, that's what my- As soon as I saw what other kin was, I was like, oh, that's what I entirety of The Legend of Zelda feels so familiar. For me, how I basically, like, rationalize that, I believe that it might be a- either lesser known deity or like an older deity adopting a modern image to reach followers in a way so it's like okay it also takes a form of past lives that yeah. were similar because i also uh i never really identified as a kinny but i definitely had like okay if i was a kinny it would be these characters for these reasons and a lot of those are like okay so that there was probably a life in my past where something similar to this happened. Okay. I'll out I will out myself on this as an as a quick example. Um Brittany, unfortunately this probably isn't gonna be anybody you know, but some of the people on the other side of the internet might know this. Back in when I identified I identified as a histo and yes, <laughs> let the discourse begin. I don't give a fuck anymore. <laughs> I've been called so many bad names because I've cosplayed as Hisoka and all that shit. I don't give a fuck anymore. It's because I was a clown in a past. I was like, why am I so obsessed with this It's because pink, you were a pink clown. A pink bubblegum clown in a fan backstory that's kind of accepted as canon. Like, was basically poor and was drafted into the circus because that's what you do. And I'm like, oh, that sounds exactly like my, my past life that I had. So it's sort of like the connection of this is the closest shit we can get you to relate to. And that's something like I will say flat out the thing that made me religious, Full Metal Alchemist. I watched Full Metal Alchemist second grade. That anime literally gave me religion. And here's here's where I'll get to the part where it's I because the person who wrote it, I don't remember her name. Hiromu Arakawa. Um, Arakawa. She knows what's up. It's all about. It, I mean, it's called Full Metal Alchemist, so it's got alchemy and Kabbalist. Like the whole opening is just Kabbalistic imagery and all that shit. It's fourteen year olds performing human transmutation. They're trying to find the Philosopher's Stone. The whole thing is about the Philosopher's Stone, which is why when I watched Harry Potter for the first time, you're like, oh, the Sorcerer's Stone, and then I learned that it's the Philosopher's Stone. I was like, oh shit, they need to watch Full Metal Alchemist. They got a lot. 
Potter. Okay, so I started reading <laughs> Harry Potter way young. Like, obviously, I was really obsessed with it for a lot of my life. Um, a lot of people were. One of the first things I remember thinking, that's weird, about J.K. Rowling was when she changed the name of the American version of the book because she thought American would be too... I don't remember exactly what it was, but basically, like, philosophy is uh, too above America. So, um, instead of the Philosopher's Stone, it's the Sorcerer's Ooh, Stone. Ooh, wizardry. And that was one of the first times I was like, huh... Yeah. kind of insulting yeah 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 so i i started i started watching that show and uh, what i think has happened then is that and i want this is what i want my message my preach to the to the people especially the people who are like other kin and like it's the association so in full metal alchemist there's a race of people called the ishbalans that have dark skin and red eyes after i watched that show i had a, i was in this in a market some sort of outdoor market and there was a woman in the middle of everyone doing shit and she was staring at me and she had dark dark skin, red eyes, white pupils, and like a red headscarf. And she was staring at me. And I, in that dream, I could feel it. It was like, it felt like I got fucking hit by a truck. Like, I don't know what the spiritual awakening is supposed to feel like, but I think that's what, then I woke up and I was like, what was that? Who was that? So they will lead me to things that associate with them. And like one of the things that- What's, what's her podcast name again? Uh, Tameek. Okay. Yeah, Tameek, which means my God. I watch- what we do in the shadow what we do in the shadows a lot of the times because my spirit guide is like i'm very much like naja and laszlo is very much like her relationship with like an ex and it's so funny, funny to watch <laughs> it's it's funny now to watch you know and her advice is a, a lot like naja in the show like she has called me a fool more so times than times. my own spirit guide has called me a fool yeah so many <laughs> times so it's all the associations and also speaking of like tv shows and shit you cannot convince me that the shit that people do is not worship concerts worship conventions are fucking pilgrim like people spend i spend more money on anime figures than christians do for their god so who do you think is gonna handle okay so i want to segue this just for a second it's funny that you mentioned that concerts are worship because one of mine and odin's favorite bands is this band called sleep token and it's literally these guys according to like what i found about them or what we found about them like they had this dream together and they found this goddess and she's ancient she has no name they just call her sleep and now all of their music is super like esoteric and dreamy and all about like loving this woman so much and it's it's their goddess and they talk about how like every song is devotional and worship to her so, like yeah you're not wrong you know people are like can i devotional dance Bitch, we've been doing that since we could move. So, like, when people are like, oh, well, it's not ancient. It's just, like, TV shows and shit. So, is there a difference between when you go to a fucking Southern Baptist house and there's crosses everywhere than when you walk into an anime con and you have a backpack an entire outfit dedicated to Hatsune Miku. Like, you're telling me that that shit isn't gonna, like, manifest somehow? All that energy put into this, you know? That was mostly how I got to, like, religion in general, was, like, making OCs and anime and stuff, and then eventually I would be like, huh, I wonder how they would react in this story. And then they, in my head, I'd get, like, a, 
oh, well, blah, 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 I do this. And I'm like, oh, shit, that was kind of distinct. Um, <laughs> so I, I kind of do the same shit, honestly, that I did at the beginning of my practice that I do now. I watch anime and I have playlists dedicated to them, the music they like and stuff associated with them. Now it's just more like I don't really much like write as much anymore. I kind of just talk to them now that I know that they're there instead of being like, okay, I'm gonna, I do sometimes we'll do like a spell and like sit down and like pray or whatever, but I've never actually like summoned them because they just kind of show up when they need to. And now that I've like- You did send Lamia to a friend one time and it worked really well. I didn't, I was really nervous because I was like, I've never had a lot of outside confirmation that spirits that I work with are actually like real in there. Um, And I sent um, Lamia to a friend and that friend texted me while she was there and was like, she's here, we're coloring together. And and she says that I should make you guys borscht. And I'm like, yeah, that sounds like Lamia. So it's kind of like, oh, okay. That friend now has um, an old tarot deck to to Lamia with. Yeah, I did. I passed on the old deck because... They're really good friends. Yeah. They, yeah, they hang out. And now I have a, and now Lamia has a new dog in the hood. But yeah, like beginning, I would do sigils and I have their sigils like actually like documented. I actually finally drew them down, but I mean, and like music is still kind of the same. Just now, instead of writing the stories, I just kind of sit and talk with them or like pull cards. So that's honestly the long, the long obviously of my practice and what it means for me as a magician. And yes, I am going to learn how to do card tricks because like I can't say that I'm a magician and not at least have a couple. Besides, you know, like I can probably predict your future or at least um, tear you a new asshole with these cards. I can at least make, <laughs> is this your card? Ha, it's the door. Break up with your shitty boyfriend or whatever. Mm-hmm. Do you want to talk about some of your- Oh yeah, some of my, yeah. Yeah, so um, something that I learned from my therapist is um, she calls getting a gift from a spirit uh, a cookie because they leave you a little cookie. Well, one of the first things that made me believe in spirituality stuff in general is when I was a kid um, and doing a seance. As you do. As I did with my friend. Um, we were in the bathroom in the doing the seance and we heard a baby cry, which there were no babies in the house. And like the parents, I don't know if the, they... They might have been outside or whatever, but they weren't around. Um, and then the faucet turned on. And I was next to the faucet, so I was the closest one, and I did not turn it on. So I think maybe the light turned off, too, or it turned on. I don't remember. But and that was where I was like, oh, shit. I also, one time, I was sitting in my room, walking around with my dolls. or I looked over at my mirror and saw a girl with long black hair brushing her hair, and I did not look like that. So I was just like, hmm covered that mirror up with a towel and like just didn't do anything. I've been working with these spirits for most of my life, like since I, in second grade, when I started watching Full Metal Alchemist, which I would not recommend to everyone, by the way. The first episode of Full Metal Alchemist is literally God is fake and, and Christianity is for profit. Um, And so I was kind of like, huh. Yeah, talk about some idol worship. Yeah. Uh, if you are an angry 14 year old atheist, boy howdy was Edward Elric also an angry 14 year old uh, atheist but he had cool powers yep (laughs) so i've been working with them but i've always been like oh they're fake oh they're fake i'm making them up i'm hypnosis i'm losing my mind when we were moving everything that could go wrong did go wrong we got so many calls that were like actually we're not approving you for this house and um fuck you basically I refuse to believe that any house purchasing can go smooth. Yeah. So I refuse to believe it's 
fucking impossible. After dealing with all that stuff, and I remember going out to the back of the shitty house that we lived in, full of trauma and all that, and I remember watching ants crawling over, like, my feet, and I was like, y'all, if we can move out of here, and if we can get out of this house and get this house, I will leave. I will never fucking turn back. I will believe in y'all no matter what. House. And we got the house. Instead of before, where I was like, well, I just feel like I'm kind of faking everything. It's like, oh, I see that there is a place in the universe for the type of spirits that I work with and have, so they might as well exist. My, it's a lot of might as well. They haven't they haven't shown me wrong. My my favorite interaction with my date one time at this house, I was having a meltdown. As you do trying to buy a house. As I as you do moving into a new house that was previously owned by straight up neo Nazis. I'm not joke I was having a meltdown and I was like you know everything's going wrong why don't I just fucking kill and my deck that had my deity in it slid off of a chair into the trap so she was like she threw herself in the garbage if you're if you're gonna fucking duck out I'm ducking out too I don't need me bye and after that I just I couldn't do anything else but laugh. I was like, okay, okay, yeah, I am. So that that was my one of my most profound deity interactions was, okay, if you're going to fuck off, I'm fucking off too. Bye. Enough of a force that it was kind of like, okay, that wasn't from me walking back and forth on the other side of the room. The window's not open. The cats are all asleep somewhere else. And that's how I found God. <laughs> uh, it's fun when they fucking show up like that. Right? Only right. when, you know, you're having a meltdown. Who would else would like the conch shell? Yes. Begin my essay. I have these broken down as label one, label two, label three. Uh, so you already know uh, that's how I am going to read these out. I'm not going to lie. I don't know if you did the same thing when you did yours, but it really did feel like going back in high school to go back and find, like, the shit that you already know, but already have to back up because you don't want to be like, okay, well. Yeah, a lot of, like, okay, I know all of this, but now I have to go track down the sources that told me this in the first place. Oh, yeah, by the way, all my... All my sources, it was Wikipedia. It was just Wikipedia. Y'all can just, I, I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. Wikipedia I, is great. My I, number one, number one thing to tell people, when you start experimenting with your spirituality, and you're about something and you're like, oh my God, that sounds great. That sounds perfect for me. Read the damn Wikipedia page. <laughs> Sit down and read from start to finish. Read it. It will tell you anything you need to know about, like... If you are like, I want to adapt this into my practice, and you Wikipedia in it, and it has a big section called Controversy, maybe... No, maybe, maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe it's not for you. Um, yeah, because when I started, I made the mistake of only reading books and stuff written by people who are already practicing it and were already, like, considering themselves experts in it, which, like, is all well and good, but when you're working with people who are talking about like, oh, well, back in the day did this, just read the Wikipedia because 99% of the time it was made up in the uh, The ancient religion of the 1980s. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the first thing I have written down here isn't a religion or anything, but it's my worldview. I'm an animist. That basically just means that everything has a little bit of divinity, sentience, 
soul, spirit, whatever you want to call it, both living and non-living. Obviously, like there's a difference still between living and non-living, but even non-living objects definitely have energy to them. You know, in Animal Crossing, when you break your shovel and it's like, thank you, shovel, for your service. That's it. That's because in the Shintoism as a whole is animist. And yeah, so it's, it's a- like, it's thanking the spirit of the shovel. That's why animism isn't like a religion or anything. It's a basis for religion. So like Shintoism, obviously, and a lot of indigenous cultures, which is why there's so much bullshit, which we will get into a little later. So I've always been an animist. I just didn't know the term uh, up until a few years ago. I always kind of considered everything semi-sentient at the minimum. I think that this is a product of my autism and the fact that my autism manifests as a hyper empathy disorder. I spent a lot of time crying about accidentally hurting my stuffed animal's feelings as a kid. Still do sometimes, not gonna lie. (laughs) That's where that, that's where I get my animals are all sentient animals all have their own form of consciousness and intelligence. Every time I see a study that's like scientists are proving that blah 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 animal is more intelligent than we could have ever thought and I'm reading the article and it's like researchers discovered that this animal could do this and it shows an incredible level of intelligence and I'm like wait you guys are surprised about that? My favorite are the ones that it's like, scientists recently discovered that cat actually, yeah. Or a lot of times I'll see a lot of people when they talk about animals and they'll be like surprised. Like I remember seeing a TikTok once of a lady who had a crab and she was like, I was so surprised that he was so friendly and, and, had and had personality. And it's like, yeah. One time we had someone on OkCupid ask us if our animals had personality. And it's like, do you? Duh. Where's your personality? All of the cat shit different in the litter box and I can tell who's who by the way that they dig. Yes, they all have different personalities. I'm also an animist because I just, I don't know, that just makes sense. I just kind of thought that's how people thought. Yeah, I didn't realize it was, I took a class on animist worldview and I thought it was going to be like, here's how to implement it into your magic. And the first, I think the first like half of the course was this is what animism is and this is how to start thinking in that worldview. And I had to like take a couple steps back and realize that other people didn't think like that. Was not default. That was not the default. That was my default. (laughs) Thanks. The second label I have written down is spirit worker. That just means spirits. I talk to them. I build relations. I have it as um, practice based on interacting and building relationships with spirits and beings. Uh, This is like land spirits, animal spirits, dead or alive, spirit guides, familiars, spirits in like my teacup or whatever. spirit how spirits like maintaining my relationships with them and trying to make them happy making sure that their needs are taken care of all that jazz this is most spirit working is most of my like day-to-day stuff like divination i know a lot of people don't use spirit work in their divination but that's just how i kind of ended up doing it is my divination is less of a the cards will fall wherever they fall and more of a the cards will fall however my spirit guide wants them to so it is a form of 
spirit work and communication. Um, and from here on out is where it gets a lot more complicated. All right, y'all ready to get to the discourse? Yes, this is where the discourse starts. So last time, episode zero, I said I mainly call myself a druid. I have a very loose association with modern druidry, as in like it's the closest word for what I think I practice. I'm going to start reading from my notes. Get ready. So modern druidry came from the 18th century romanticist movement in Britain, which glorified the ancient Celtic peoples of the Iron Age. Most of the sources for this were completely fabricated by a literary forager named Edward Williams, who went by the bardic name Morganog. His Celtic sona. His Celtic sona. I mean, he was Welsh. Okay. Um, but it was his, that was his edgy... His band name. Yeah, his bardic name. So modern druidry uses Oam, which is a legit alphabet used for Old Irish, but modern druidry, neo-druids neo have a tree lore associated with the Oam um, and with like the Celtic practice in general. This was mostly made up, again, by Edward Williams. A lot of the modern druidry takes uh, concepts from Wicca that are really intrinsic to it. A lot of modern druidry feels like Wicca with a nature deity focus. So it's really hard to pull the two apart enough. For me, at least, they are very intrinsically linked. A lot of the same uh, practices like casting circles, calling in the four elements, cardinal directions, all that sort of stuff. I did look into joining a couple of the modern druid organizations because they have, there are a couple and they provide like courses and you can like go to meetings and like it's it's the organized religion. So the organizations I looked into were the Order of Bards, Ovates, and Druids and the Ancient Order of Druids in America. Both of those, they they very freely acknowledged the fact, or at least last time and from what I remember, uh, they freely acknowledged the fact that like, yes, this is not really what the Iron Age Druids looked like and a lot of their practices are like really focused on environmental conservation. So this is all shit I can get behind. I just didn't want to pay money for the courses for magic. I knew I, I either didn't know would fit me for sure or I knew wouldn't be used by me at all. Um, a lot of it is very like, you know, when you read the Wicca rituals and you have your coven and you cast your circle and you go around and you summon the elements and shit. A lot of it is just that, but with like Celtic swapped in or slightly more nature-based stuff swapped in. Pretty obviously Wiccan because ancient Celtic people didn't use the traditional four elements we usually associate with like Wicca and stuff. Instead of earth, water, air, fire, it was land, sea, and sky. So if you hear people talking about ancient Celtic practice of using the four elements. That's a lie. They didn't. That is a lie. That is a lie. So what we actually know about the Iron Age ruins is we don't know shit. Nothing. <laughs> we don't know nothing. Donuts. The only sources are archaeological finds and writings from outsiders observing the culture. And that can't go wrong. And that can't go wrong. <laughs> 
200 deity names are known, but a lot of them are thought to be uh, that they're just regional different uh, differences for the same deities. We don't really know any of the lore. Like we, we do know some, but it's very, very minimal compared to what we know a lot about, uh, what we know about a lot of other things. Um, <laughs> Mostly anything else. Yeah. We've found votive offerings, which are like little statues that you leave around or little objects you leave around. We've also found human and an, uh, animal sacrifices uh, in the archaeological record. Um, objects tossed into rivers and bogs. White animals were sacrificed a lot. Some records of humans sacrifice were really exaggerated um for instance the wicker man wicker man some guy wrote basically uh claimed that human sacrifices were made by putting people inside of a giant man made of wicker and burning them all alive. So kind of sounds exaggerated a little bit, but there is some archaeological evidence that human sacrifice happened. But keep in mind, it also happened like everywhere else. We have authors talking about the Druids. We have a couple people, um, but it's not really known how accurate many of the accounts were. Pliny the Elder talked about them. And if you know anything about Pliny the Elder, you know that he is a questionable source. Yeah, like, I'm gonna be real. I mean, obviously, it's a dude writing it down, so it's gonna be skewed. Like, mm-hmm. I, I'll look back and see how accurate this is, but I feel like in a lot of the document, a lot of the people referred to, like, the, the Nordics and, like, the Celts as, like, pink savages. So, yeah. like, you're already having that going in. So, like, they could have been fucking doing whatever with the Wicker Man and then be like, savages burning people alive. Probably not. Probably a little bit more metaphorical. So, the reason we don't have shit fucked damn is because uh, Druid lore was 100% memorized verses and training for this could take up to 20 years and we don't have a single verse. No one wrote one down. There aren't even like translations of them written down. There's just no. So I have this quote by um, some dude named Ronald Hutton. We can know virtually nothing of certainty about the ancient druids so that although they certainly existed, they function more or less as legendary. I just love that. It's funny because like just this shows up so much go to like stores and you see all the Celtic stuff and it's like one statue of Chris, one of Caradwin and like a couple books that like aren't really all that great and then you like also see people who are like I am descended from the ancient Celtic blah, 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 warrior blah, 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 blah. and then you see the scholars that are like we know they were there we don't know anything else. Yeah. There, there are a lot of people who practice druidry claim that they are using the exact same practice that the druids did thousands of years ago, which if you see anyone claiming that, run is my advice. <laughs> my druidry is elements from the revival. Um, like I do use the Oum for divination because it's fun. I pick and choose what I do add in. I like to read what little mythology we do have. I do. I like to read it and take from that there was like a month that i was like hey babe what you reading the mabinagi because like you read like four different versions yeah so like yeah you were reading some form of the mabinagi mm-hmm. because a lot of my early practices were based on books where people wrote about what they thought about the mythology and didn't actually cite any sources other than their own thoughts on it um so when you read books where people talk about all the shit that they found in the mythology and 
then you go and read the mythology and the thing they mentioned is like one line in the book in like the entire thing it's mentioned like once and it's like okay see if I had read this first and then read your book after I would have seen how bullshit was. so some the Celtic deities and figures um I worship the deities I work with the with the mythological figures um because a lot of them aren't actually deities they're just like I would say the equivalent of saints so <laughs> Catholicism. Learning about this stuff alongside of Avery, like having him tell me about it is always interesting because for me, I know that I know nothing basically about this shit. So like, I kind of have an idea about Krununos and, you know, I've listened to Spiral Dance and Don the Bard. So I was kind of, you know, like I knew the names and stuff, but I'm like, oh, so who's this person? And Avery's like, uh, some guy. What do you do? Uh, he had a horse or something. Yeah. 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 So the figures I worship, um, I worship Krununos. I have an altar up for him. I usually use him as kind of more of like an, a link with Neolithic ancestors, I guess you could say. Like I do leave him offerings and stuff, but I also use his altar as like, I have like a fossilized woolly rhino bone up there. I have a lot of furs up there just as like, not all as decoration specifically to him, but like as more of a connection to my roots, I guess. As someone who has worked in trances and, I don't know, is married to you and knows you, considering your entire, like, dad's side is from, like, the UK. My my mother's family is Scottish, and my father's family is Anglo-Saxon, so... Like, th- that's the family you can trace back to, like, the 400 or something ridiculous like mm-hmm. that. So, I see it as a way where you are not only worshipping him, but you are worshipping with your ancestors. With my you, ancestors, you, yeah. And that's what I I see a lot too because like you know learning alongside you it feels like you are be you pick and choose based on what you know what your guide tells you and Mm -hmm. stuff so you you are like you're i feel like you're doing it more with your ancestors Mm -hmm. yeah it's and you know also venerating them as well Mm -hmm. so it's kind of a group project yeah i also have an altar up for caridwin her myth she is not a goddess in her myth she is um the wife of a noble and uh just so happens to be a very very talented witch um and from there she has been elevated to deity status basically i have her altar up as it's basically my workspace because i keep all of like my magical tools and I do my herb working there uh, because that's what she did so that's my way of honoring her um, I also light her candle when I need inspiration um, we also fall asleep to the song Ah When almost every single night yeah it's a pretty good song. yeah I recommend I have an altar up for Aran who is the king of the underworld in Welsh mythology again mentioned like maybe a handful of times anytime I see something actually like related I'm like wow Lamia's deck actually has a card for around, around ha- actually has a card for him so I was like oh oh shit. yeah rare part, I mean part of the reason why we made this shop is no one has that shit <laughs> yeah yeah you look him up on Etsy and there's like two things um and it's a mug which like the artwork on the mug is really good but like I don't really need a mug for my altar we got, we got enough <laughs> I have enough um and then the last person I have written down on this list um is Taliesin who was um basically 
basically the precursor to Merlin in a lot of Welsh lore. He basically is like the Homer. Uh, so we have all of these poems supposedly written by him, and we don't know if they were all written by one guy or if it was a bunch of guys pretending to be the same guy. Uh, that kind of vibe. Uh, and So he was Jesus Christ Superstar Edition. <laughs> <laughs> also, the other reason why um, nothing is around the Roman period. Fuck the Romans. Oh, the Romans and Christianity. That's why nothing's around. So, I mean, the last thing I have for my practice is that I use uh, anthogens, uh, which is just psychoactive and conscious altering substances in ritual or spiritual practice. I smoke weed and meditate. Don't tell Reagan. Don't tell Reagan. Don't tell Reagan. But I smoke weed and meditate. Drugs won the war. Uh, when I first started, I never called myself a shaman. I always said I was learning about Celtic shamanism because it, it was one of those things where it was like, this is a term that people are using. It seems to fit what I am doing best. It's what your Google search was. Yeah. It's, it's like, my, that's what we like. I don't practice that anymore, but that's what I Google search. Yeah. And then I went and I read Wikipedia page. And here is why I do not use Celtic shamanism anymore. Basically, the reason why it felt like it fit was when you look up shamanism, type it into Google, what comes up is shamanism is working with spirit world and using conscious altering substances alongside. So Very broad. Yeah, so anybody who does drugs and has a spiritual experience. Mm -hmm. Basically, that's what, people that's, that's what people lay it out at. But like modern druidry, most of our concepts of shamanism were based on the work of a few individuals individual authors in the late 1900s. Um, Druidry, I think, was more late 1800s um, and very briefly in the 1700s. Neo-shamanism is from the 1950s onwards. Um, the main authors, uh, Michael Harner, um, Mercia Ilade, I think, um, and then the ones who write the most about Celtic shamanism, specifically John and Caitlin Matthews. Uh, I am going to be writing some articles reviewing their books. They will not be good reviews. <laughs> a letter from my lawyer. No, not really. Um, these will be, I read this book, so you don't have to review. Um, a lot of it is very new age. Um, the idea that shamanism uh, is some kind of primordial and universal religious practice was first written by Eliade. E-L-I-A-D-E. -E. But the book was called Shamanism, Archaic Techniques of Ecstasy which popularized the concept, even though the work um, has never been accepted and has been nearly universally discredited in academic circles. Turner, who I mentioned earlier, would go on to associate the term shaman with indigenous peoples in both North and South America. A lot of that was centered around Peru and I think the Southwest United States area. Um, I don't remember exactly all of the people he mentioned. It was always he would just say the names of tribes. He would never give specific people who had told him this. He had never give specific communities. He would just say, oh yeah, the the Lakota people did this. Yeah. Uh -huh. yeah. Basically what happened, Peru had a trip on ayahuasca and decided that he was spiritually enlightened. Um, yep. Anthropologists and many other people, me included, argue that the term shamanism should not be used to refer to 
anyone or any practice except the Siberian Tungus people who use the word to refer to themselves. So essentially, modern neo-shamanic practices are decontextualized, appropriated, and blended forms of various indigenous cultures, and that has led to the commercial exploitation of their spirituality. Because I don't know if you guys have the same image in your head when you think of 70s enlightened hippies, but I always think about them paying hundreds of dollars to go to Peru and have an ayahuasca trip and then come back and talk about how enlightened. Like, come on, people. Stop going to Peru doing drugs, and then thinking you're a shaman. That's not it. Especially because the word shaman doesn't even originate yeah. from the, like, not even this side. Of, it's a Siberian indigenous term. Um, so not even the people he was appropriating from use the term. Celtic shamanism, quote unquote, take those contexts and just kind of slap a Celtic 50% opacity screening oh over God. it. Um, literally no basis in uh, historical accuracy. Some highlights from the books that I remember reading. These will be more closely examined in the reviews I write but one of the first times I picked up a book I was really into it and then I got to the part where they talked about Celtic light centers of the body that weren't chakras they just happened to have all the same association but they were white instead of color. yeah and like I I saw like there's a lot of people that I follow on TikTok that like say they're Celtic shamans and like I remember being like babe is that a is the light setters a real thing? Because I keep seeing videos about it. No. When when I was reading it, a lot of the times when I was books, I was just reading it and like when they don't cite any sort or any of the historical claims. One of the books I have, I haven't actually read it yet. The only reason I'm gonna actually read it is because I wanna rip it apart in an article. It is called Taliesin, the Last Celtic Shaman. I believe that is another John Mack book. Um the prize the prize there. He is the main proponent of the uh, Celtic shamanism like theory I guess they have he and his wife have written like well over 100 books when you read it and basically in the myth of Taliesin and how he came to be he shapeshifts and Caradvan also shapeshifts and the shapeshifting is the hint that the ancient Celtic peoples practice shamanism because shamanism sometimes includes shapeshifting and therefore because of the shapeshifting that's why they're Celtic shamans that's some pretty flimsy logic they also are really like Reagan-esque anti drug in all of their books don't need drugs to have fun don't need drugs to have fun like actually sometimes i do actually it makes it way fucking better actually it makes it fun actually all my spirits have requested weed yeah um, yeah another thing uh they took all of it straight from indigenous americans and used that instead of like walking a couple hundred miles south and going oh hey what are y'all doing here in the cult of dionysus getting high and drunk off your ass and communing with spirits all the time cool like that, i mean fucking what do y'all think y'all hot box frankincense in the church for mm-hmm. they also like to top it off with a lot of like doomsday climate guilt like we are destroying this beautiful earth humans are a disease we need to cleanse the earth of them like y'all are starting to sound a lot like nazis uh, like, a lot of guilt coming from the generation that was acting the climate which applies less to me who was born in the aftermath um, and is getting the consequences. I don't feel guilty. I didn't destroy the climate. Yeah. I'm living with y'all uh, bullshit. That wraps up that. <laughs> <laughs> um, the last thing I have on my list is uh, Greek day worship. Um, this is really new to me, so I don't have much so far. 
I have altars for Aphrodite, Dionysus, Apollo, and Thanatos. And I have been looking into Orphism, which is centered around the death and rebirth of Dionysus, which is why I work so heavily with Dionysus um, and have for a while. It's just been really low key. That's all I have on that. Like I said, it's really new to me. Um, I'm sure I will be updating you guys as stuff happens there. Uh, I have met Aphrodite and Dionysus. So, um, I have also met Carnuna, um, but my connections to the others are haven't been quite as solidified yet. So yeah, that's why I call myself what I do. The story of the time my spirit guided me into believing things were real. Spirits love fear. That's why a lot of red flag spiritual communities for me are when, uh, I don't know if you also feel like this, Brittany, but uh, when people talk about how spirituality should all be like light, love and life and shit. And it's like, okay, if you have worked with any spirit, you know they fuck, they fuck around. Like, yeah, I mean, and the love and light thing at all if you have experienced anything real anything hard anything of any kind of like authenticity you're not going to be a love and light person so like yeah absolutely so when a lot of like new age shamanism stuff is like I was reading the differences and one of the biggest differences was like in traditional Iberian indigenous shamanism initiation fucking sucks. Like it fucking sucks. Um, and then like I'm into the new age stuff and everyone's like spirituality shouldn't hurt. It all feels good. And it's like, okay, I don't know what you guys are doing with your spirit guides, but mine sent me a nightmare so intense. Um, it shocked me into believing the Fae were real and I banished him from my life for a few years. <laughs> I did not know he was my spirit guide at the time. I just woke up from a really intense nightmare and instead of doing what I'm sure he intended uh, was to like, huh, that was really intense. I freaked out and I cast the most powerful spell I have ever cast to date still, I think, um, and basically spiritually bleached the house top to bottom and put up wards so intense that nothing could get through. And we then weren't able to do anything spiritual productively in the house until we went on, you'll probably hear us talk about this cabin trip a lot. We had a spiritual awakening cabin trip. Um, it got us away from the wards. It got us away from all the shit in our house long enough for us to contact our guides. And the first thing my guide told me was, when you get home, you break that fucking spell jar. Bitch. Bitch. Break that shit. <laughs> so we got home and I broke broke the spell jar and we buried it in the woods. That was also a moment that made me believe in magic too. Yeah, um, it, it was a really intense spell jar. It was really simple, but it was made in a moment of emotional turmoil, which is always a great power for magic. So we take the jar out and um, it's just herb at this point and I bury its remains in the woods. I say a little whatever, and then I get up and I turn around and there is a stag standing in the middle of the path behind. I had never seen a deer in this woods. I have never saw a deer after in those woods. Um, I was also there to witness, yeah. Deer usually, like our deer were pretty accustomed to people because the, uh, the woods was backed up to an elementary school. There were a lot of people around and like the deer would come into the neighborhood to like eat out of our garden and stuff. We still never saw the deer in the woods except that one time. And like, it was, it- It made eye contact. It, it felt like kind of like, 
Okay, y'all ever see Bambi? I'm digging this from the archives, so correct me if I'm wrong. Um, the one time I think you see Bambi's dad in the first movie, I think, he's like on a cliff and like the sun shines down and he like, I don't know what deers do, but like shakes his head or something. And then like he runs away or something. It had the same feeling of like, wow. Mm -hmm. Like yeah. he shows up as animals a lot. Um, And I know it's him because the animals <coughs> make kind of like, obscenely intense eye contact with me sometimes like I uh, as an autistic person I don't make eye contact with a lot of things but some of those blue jays really like to look at They'll also Edwin will show up a lot as a bird when they fly over they will like honk or whatever they do right above you as if like a Hey, hey. <laughs> yeah. um, and then uh, the first time I ever saw like a spiritual apparition um, was of my familiar Sable. I just saw her bolt across the road in front of my car while I was driving home at night and she vanished. I would say three quarters of the way across the road. It was very much a like, I don't know how you guys see ghosts, but it, they're layered on top of reality or something like yeah. that. It does kind of, usually when I see ghosts, it just kind of looks like someone up to the opacity on another layer. And I'm mm -hmm. like, whoa, mm -hmm. I can see something kind of in that blob right there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay. That wraps me up. Brittany! Oh, so to get into what I do, I consider myself a folk wit. Consider that different from, so it's a mesh of a lot of different things. It's ancestral work, it's green witchery, and it's kitchen witchcraft. Uh, or at least that's like the most notable aspects of it. I do feel like it differs from all of those, and at least my craft differs from each of those in their own way. That's why it's not, well, I do all three of these. It's its own separate thing to me. I know that in like green and plant witchcraft, a lot of people work with like plant spirits. And that's not what I do. I work with the association of the plant and like who it's related to or like some of my plants are for like different people. Persephone has a polka dot plant. My grandpa who passed away has a yellow rose bush. And then uh, Odin and I also got a rose in Wisconsin and now it's like growing and it's like, okay, I want this to grow as we get closer to moving to Wisconsin. But yeah. and with my grandpa's rose bush, it's really funny because my grandpa was a hippie and he was kind of dirty. So he ended up with some kind of hepatitis, like whatever one you get from sharing dirty needles. Oh. Hep C, yep. That's why you don't do stick and pokes. That's why you don't give yourself pier and piercings. Well, yeah. Don't don't be my grandpa. But it's funny because like that was a chronic disease. He ended up having like liver problems that uh, and that's how he passed. The rose bush has had powder mildew problems the entire time I've had it, what? and I've had it for over a year now. And usually it kills rose bushes, but like I still got this fucker kicking. So it's very <laughs> my grandpa and stuff like that. Well, and it's funny because I've tried every single cure and like seriously it should be dead by now it it's not supposed to but it still gets blooms like it just bloomed and I had to cut the dead head off and it hasn't spread to my Wisconsin rose like that one is healthy as a whore no issue this one is just a moldy boy I don't know what to say Me but this is a, a stinky grandpa <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's, that's my kind of plant magic. Uh, yeah, there's some other good ones. Along. <laughs> I think I told you guys before that, like, last summer I was in my mom's garden and we had this peach rose. And when I, like, held it, Persephone was on the other line and was like, Hey, do you remember when you planted that yellow rose bush in the back corner of the garden right after your grandpa died when you were, like, seven? It was like, oh, yeah, I do, actually. And then when I moved to the apartment, I found a yellow rose.
things and like I brought it home and it's been grandpa's ever since. That's so hot. <laughs> oh. And then my ancestral magic is the one that I'm most like unfamiliar with at the point just because it's a lot of reclaiming Italian stuff. I know that I also have like Irish ancestry that maybe one day I'll start trying to get into but right now it's very much like old Italian traditions and taking as much Christianity out of it as I possibly can because in Italy obviously like that's Rome that's like Catholicism is huge but also there's a lot of like different folk traditions that I think are worth saving and worth preserving and then my family came to America relatively like not that long ago so like my great great grandma lived in Italy for a good portion of her life so like that's how her and I connect and she's the most prevalent of the ancestors I work with and then my kitchen magic again is more tied to ancestral work because that's something that my mom and I have always done uh, and then like obviously the Italian side food was huge my great grandma is Nona she ran an Italian restaurant in Detroit when she moved here so like that was how she supported herself so food is huge and it's not that I know like well this is the big brain purpose of this herb it's mostly my biz Nona like hey don't use the pink salt or I'm gonna break your salt shaker or like it's like my pepper plant that's I had one originally when I first met you guys, but that one died in the apartment. It's also part of, like, the Italian traditions because, like, chili peppers are a protection symbol for dudes because they look like magic dick. And it's funny because a middle finger in Italy is, like, what you do as a man, but, like, the fig symbol, I don't know. Oh, it's, it's supposed to look like a pussy. Oh, it's... It oh. does. Oh, okay, so it's the thumb in between the yeah. middle finger. Yeah. Okay. And that's how you say fuck you. It's to undo the evil eye in Italy. So, like, if you think someone's giving you evil eye in Italy and you're a man, you flip them off. If you're a woman, you give them the fig symbol. This is just what I've read. I've never actually gotten to go to Italy. If anyone is listening is like, oh, well, I'm gonna go be a jackass. Please don't. Please don't. I think I might have a little bit of special interest to back that up because I'm pretty sure in especially in the chapel, a lot of the angels and stuff are doing the the pussy one. So it is the the fig. So it is I think a symbol of flipping off. How mad would you be if you were the Pope and you paid so much fucking money to have this dude paint a ceiling and it's all, they're all flipping you off. Like, <laughs> I have at least some vague knowledge to back that up. I don't know. Yeah, in use modern, I've never been to Italy, but historically, yeah. I think it does have some apprenticeship. Mm-hmm. I didn't know it was called the fig, though. I, that's beautiful. Well, and that's like opposite. So I don't have room for a fig tree, but eventually, like, as a female protective symbol, it's also to grow fig trees. So I only have half of that at the moment. One day, though I will have one. but moving into chaos magic the kind of chaos magic that I do is radically accepting all of the insane and terrible and scary shit life throws at you with as much grace as you possibly can so I, I'm sure that there's other kinds of chaos magic I'm sure that for some people it's like wreaking havoc or is like I don't know using chaos to like get closer to their goals but totally other valid ways of using it. Not what I'm about. I am not a chaotic person. Um, I think that part of the reason my chaos entities like me is my life has always been chaos. 
it has not once slowed me down towards getting to any goal. So they know that they can exist as themselves and it's not it's not gonna shake me so they can teach me some lessons that other people might not be able to learn through chaos. And I'll tell you as someone who is on the internet, no one knows what chaos which means. <laughs> some people are like, it's when you make up your own spell. No. It's when you <laughs> don't use the same ingredients. I don't know. Like so as as someone who is at the end of my chaos month um yeah it really is a lot of like and i think especially for you you have the stubbornness to actually pull through on your end on a lot of the thing and that's why i think the fears like you like you just straight up don't take bullshit so that they can like you said they can throw whatever and you'll be like well this fucking sucks but here we go again ain't it Brittany, are you a libra or a virgo um it depends on the chart okay. i go by a libra okay. but i, I say, am libra and i am insanely stubborn i have i mean Brittany, i do have your tropical birth chart on my phone you have an intense amount of you are like libra what's your moon cancer my my ascendant is Cancer, my sun is Libra, my moon sign and my Venus sign is Virgo, and I'm sure that there's more Virgo and Libra scattered out through the rest of it. I am predominantly an Earth person. Not to call you out, but your sun, moon, Mercury, and Venus go as follows. Libra, Virgo, Libra, Virgo. Your Mars is in Leo, so do I really need to say much more? What else are you gonna do? And I feel like that's where I... I know that I'm not doing divination for other people yet, that's just because I'm not comfortable and I'm trying out my charms, because that's where I really want to get into it. I feel like they have way more specific messages that can be told. I just need to learn how to read them. Yeah, I think like for people who go through chaotic times or are going through like their first big one or spiritual test and they're like, I don't know what the fuck I'm gonna do. Learning how to just fucking roll with it is you because there's nothing else you can do. Oh. And an example of just really having to like roll with chaos is uh, when I was living in the apartment, each deity had a different day of the week. Now I can't really do that my craft has changed a lot since having to move back in with my parents. When I was living on my home, everybody had a different day. Persephone was Thursday. I went to work and I got out of work. It was snowing because it was back in February and I was driving a 2003 SUV that was on its last leg. It had almost 300,000 miles on it. Like, it was rough. Yeah. That was like one of the most intense blizzards of the winter too because I remember that. Uh, yeah. It the one that they were like, don't go outside. But I had literally just gotten off work when it started too. So it was like, well, I'm not going to fucking stay here. Mm -hmm. And I, it was like a 40 minute drive, but the long pain in the ass drive. And I didn't even get halfway home. And someone came into my lane and just completely totaled my car. Everyone who has looked at the pictures of my car since have been like, you are really lucky that you lit. Like Y'all, it was scary. It was yeah. real nasty. As, as the who are on the other end of the Snapchat, the update, and like seeing the pictures of the car, like it looked like the side got degloved, basically. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, but that was why. So, like in my mind, big brain, what happened in the chaos of using Persephone, who is a chaos goddess that is in her name, she was like, "Well, you need a new car." I like scaring people to death. It is part of her mythology that she likes to get people really 
really close to death. So then he totaled my car. It was the other person's fault. So I got $3,000 and I put that down on a better car that should actually last me, you know, a few years of my life. It only has as damn near half the miles that the other car had. So had to scare me, had to like break my shit, almost kill me. But we fucking got me here. That's your new car, like it looks new. Oh, we need a new car. We'll get rid of the old one. Smash! Bye. Here's your money. Thank you, Daddy Hades, or whatever. Yeah, seriously. He's like, here's the card. Have fun. (laughs) Careful what you manifest, y'all. Yeah. Seriously, especially with, like, depending on who you work with, you can ask for whatever you want. The package it comes in, be careful who you ask it for, for <laughs> So, in deity work, that's where, I guess, I consider my folk magic and working with chaos semi-related to deity work, but still separate. There's a lot of folk magic I do that is my own magic that isn't necessarily, like, endowed from the gods. It is because I am a creature, and all creatures have their own ether magic whatever the fuck you want to call it. So, beauty work, obviously I do offer, is very hard for me to believe that you're gonna get any kind of holy entity to do anything for you if you're not giving it something. Like, even if it's just, like, small offerings. You mentioned incense. The ones that I have listed, like, for Loki, because his son is a dog, playing with my dog and, like, actually taking care of my kid is, like, part of it. Right, like, I'm sure Loki knows something about fucking insane vet bills like i'm sure there's some like cosmic person who had to take care of fenrir whatever whatever (laughs) but like smoking weed in general that's like a huge one i know personally and i'm sure avery if you like get the chance to look into like archaeological i can't say that word whatever finds because i know that they found the temple to hades and persephone and it was like by some river and they just found a fuck ton of hash everywhere. I've been looking into the Dionysus cult and it legit is just like Indian cannabis as an offering. Okay, so I actually have a picture on my phone right now of the oldest bong on record. It is found in Africa dating to 1100 BC. And it's really cute. Here, you can see it. I'll, I'll send it. Oh my it. god! But, so like, weed's always been used. Yeah. Um, I know that there have been found with uh, henbane seeds in them too, um, and henbane is uh, a psychoactive. I grow, I grow, I have a little henbane plant out in the garden right now. Yeah, totally in your car was definitely some sort of divine. Oh, you wanted a new car? All right, well, you're going to have to pay for it in fear. Yeah, yeah. I have a little tarot deck, and now it is for sure the emergency phone because it was there. It was on my key. Yes. But- one. Nothing like getting a picture of like a card that is like the size of a thumb, like a thumbnail. Like, what do you think this means? And I gotta like bust out the. They <laughs> gotta zoom in. Yeah, that was good luck. Good luck. With some of the deities I work with, I already know that I'm not a part of witch talk. I'm not a part of TikTok. I'm not really into seeing how other people worship the same deities as me. I've got my own thoughts. I've got my own shit. I don't need anybody else's input. You're the control group. <laughs> Brittany's a control group. I'm also not really online much. Yeah, I'm the only one who's chronically online. That's my job. I don't give a fuck. Avery and Brittany are my control groups of like, does this sound like something absolutely fucking back whack ass shit? Or can your your spirit corroborate? I'm basically like, um, someone said that. Luke shows up as this and I want to see what you 
so yeah. it, it's uh-huh. nice that you have it's very refreshing that like you just follow your own thing like not obviously any pantheon is subject to get some fuckers in it but i feel like with nordic stuff in particular it is very easy to get into nazism it is very easy to get into white supremacy and it is frustrating because it is very hard to be like yeah i worship this deity and not know if the person's gonna be like okay do you worship them in authenticity or do you worship like the white supremacy dude do you worship the marvel dude like what are we working with here so this is my little spiel about what is actually up with these things because people need to know people need to get it right because it's bullshit it's bullshit so starting off with the daddy of getting like misidentified Loki. My sweet, sweet Loki. They, so I'm gonna be real, the first time I ever saw Loki, and the reason I use he pronouns so often is the only time I've ever actually, like, seen him in a trance take a physical form was as a him. This was very early on in my craft. This is before I ever met a queer person, so I feel like he just had to take some kind of fucking form and that was the closest <laughs> thing he got. Alright, as a queer person, yes, we do have, like, a cis that it's like, okay, we're in the middle of a Trump country and someone needs to go into the gas station to get some firewood. You know, you put on your your button down and your, your trucker hat, you know, un, unroll your boot cuff and pretty much like, a, all right, everybody, this up. Yeah, yeah. But Loki's energy is very, very feminine. Like, it's very comforting. And I know that that's very weird to think of for a chaos god. Even before, like, the original way that I thought of Loki was as a deity of like teaching lessons because the most notable like myth that I have of them is Freya which is a she is the other I only worship two people from the um, Nordic pantheon it's Freya and it's Loki that's it um, the rest of the gods I kind of worship Frigg I can get into that later but it's not as prevalent at the moment but there's a myth where Freya gets this necklace and it pisses Odin off because she, she fucks four elves to get this necklace so odin goes to loki and is like hey i need you to bring me that necklace like she's i'm taking it from her and loki's like okay sounds good and he goes turns into a flea steals it off her neck brings it to odin odin's like okay freya if you want this back you have to start the bloodiest war that like has ever been and she's like okay bet and done uh-huh. there's also a following myth where loki like gives the the apples that everybody eats to stay alive to a giant and no one can stay alive anymore so they're all like aging rapidly blah 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 and loki looks at freya and is like now that you're not pretty this is who you are so they have like a very like head buddy relationship but it's also very much like <clears throat> with the beauty thing freya still a goddess of war she will still fucking cut you in an instant and with the necklace thing i took it as odin trying to like put freya in her place and trying to like take something from her but that's the thing like you you can't because she's freya and like okay you're gonna ask her to do something that she's already really good at to get a necklace back shame on you because now you're gonna look foolish it's like she already earned and trying to gatekeep it from her <laughs> was a dumb idea. You can't gatekeep. The girl like, boss. She worked for it. Right. She took her ass for it. And what are you gonna do when some elves offer you a beautiful necklace? Like, what What are you gonna do? So, <clears throat> that was originally how, like, I had thought of Loki because chaos is a really good way to learn lessons.
lessons. It's a good way to make sure that they stick because you're only going to want to go through times where you're shitting your pants so often before you learn the fucking lesson. Um, so Loki has evolved so that he can really see the chaos. But another Loki is all the whole point of this back on track. Loki is not a straight man. No, no, no part of that sentence is accurate. Loki does very much come off as a very female, very not mask entity at all. They are also not straight. They have turned into a horse and fucked a horse, which that is like a very notable myth, but also like they've turned into a woman and they stole giant's fire because that's how we have fire according to Nordic mythology and like they gave birth to nine different daughters and like very much has been both. Is both a man and is very much not only with women. Yeah, they end up marrying um two different people but like still very much um like very queer very much not what white supremacists are gonna be like yeah he's, he's the most mask most most chaos most bloody most rotten god you're ever gonna meet and very much like the love and light people specifically like the wicca book by dj conway oh my god loki is the devil don't ever summon them or you're gonna die and the world's gonna explode uh, yes who wrote the very first book on Celtic shots I ever read? DJ Conway? DJ Conway. DJ right there right here on the back many seekers are interested in shamanism because it is a spiritual path that can be followed in conjunction with any religion or other spiritual belief without conflict but the native american and apples were not only cultures to traditionally practice shamanism for centuries shamanism was practiced by the europeans as well including the Celts. i have shamanism too yeah yeah, yeah. There's one book by Jay Conway that I like parts of, and it's like folk remedies and like medicine. It's really funny because like every herb it says do not use. This is a drug. Is herbs that I know you guys use, and it's just like deterrence in it or like shit like that. So it was really funny because I could give you that book, and then you guys would have recipes, even though it says not to use them. But drugs yeah, are bad. drugs are bad. Oh. It's <laughs> funny because like all the, I mean, most of the time when I will talk about Loki, it's just the mark. Marvel Loki and the one that you drew I'm looks sure. like a Nordic ice giant like there's face paint shit and also okay. did appear to me in, in a dream once as a pin that I gave to Brittany and then you drew that and I was like yeah that's basically looked in my dream Lo I think Loki had like reddish or strawberry blonde hair did yeah. not like did not look like the Marvel one at all that's why I was like oh this is Brittany yeah. so like yeah not the macho okay everyone seems to they take him as like oh the Joker trickster and make him just like Joker Batman like I'm so hey, welcome to my twisted mind <laughs> no. Loki is the mom who does like a shot of vodka waits maybe 30 minutes and then takes like kids to the arcade or like I don't know he the memes where it's like when you're raised by a cool mom and it's the mom like holding a kid by a leg and like swinging it around. here honey you want your iPad <laughs> Yeah, yeah. the mom and Mean Girls, Regina George's mom. I don't care if you drink, just do it here. That yeah. very much the Loki. Yeah. Oh. You're gonna fuck up, do it on my watch. So I yeah, yeah. And then like moving on to Freya, there's actually like a lot of misconceptions about her, and I can see there's like two places I want to go with this. Big brain, like white supremacy. I have seen a lot of people who claim to be like I'm a Viking Nordic person man with my big beard, and women need to 
be in the kitchen and Viking women just sat at home, da 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 Literally every man on OK Likes Me is like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah get fucked. <laughs> that ain't it. Like, Freya herself, and, like, I'm also gonna briefly speak about graves and whatnot, but Freya is not a love goddess. She's very loving. She's very kind. She is a sex god. People try and paint her as, like, a very loving light, da 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 but she's not. She's horny. She's not in relationships. She's only very briefly ever mentioned of having a husband. So what I actually think happened, and this is actually like kind of controversial in Nordic stuff, but I think that Freya is actually Frigg. Freya means woman. Frigg is a name. And if you look at like, out of all of the gods in the Nordic pantheon, the ones that have shape-shifting are Odin, Freya, and Loki. Loki is a giant, and then Odin is like the king of gods. Freya like moves between worlds looking for her husband. So it's very likely that like once her and Odin marry, she takes a different name and is like, there's one side of her, kind of like how Hecate works, how there's like her maiden side and then there's her mother side. Freya is like the maiden side and is like the, the free, fluid woman sexuality, definitely a top energy. <laughs> and then she moves into being like the mother and like that entity, but then completely changes and like that's her new identity. Uh, but it, to back it up, like, like yeah, she is the mother, but also she is a warrior. Like she goes to war and it is her ladies, her warriors who help the fallen. And then when people die, she gets to pick who gets to go to her hall, like her place in heaven before Odin dies. Like it's, she is the badass. She is the one who is in charge. So it's very stupid to think that like women don't have a place, especially when one of the most respected goddesses in that pantheon was very, would eat you alive if you said that to her. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I saw this on a Tumblr post, so don't take my word for it, but I'm pretty sure that I saw something that was like, the Nordics had women do the math because it was considered witchcraft or something like that. Yes! Uh, yeah, because they're, they're capable of fucking doing it. Like, the same the same shit happens a lot with Aphrodite. People paint her as, like, the goddess of love. No, she fought. Like, yeah, like, that's it. Like, lust is its own whole ass feeling. And it is, like, I guess the way to explain it is, like, if you're looking for a fuck buddy, you go to Freya. If you're looking for, like, a husband, you go to Frigg or Hera or someone else. So, <clears throat> that that's the big difference between them and i know that like in freya's mythology what had happened was once the christians came everything that was originally associated with freya got turned to the virgin mary and then it also like made freya in the minds of people become very soft and that's never who she's been a lot of uh de-bimbofication yeah, yeah <laughs> that's, that's that's another one of the things that uh happens with aphrodite the the roman equivalents aren't exact copies because venus is very much more like the motherly maiden virgin aspect of Aphrodite, whereas Aphrodite fucks a lot. Yeah. So the purification of female deities yeah. scour them of sexuality. Of course. What else are you going to do when you put men in charge? Mm -hmm. As to talk about like the Nordic culture itself, like it's very, I feel like the common stereotype people see is like, oh, well, they were raiders and they were violent and fuck Christianity, blah, 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 blah. In that aspect, you are right. They absolutely were like fuck Christianity eat a dick for a long time and they were one of the cultures that could not be moved by force to convert they just eventually after so many years just stopped 
worshipping. They are known to have gone as far as, like, Baghdad and, like, certain parts of northern Africa. When they went there, they did not take slaves. They traded there because that was more important. Like, yes, they did raid and they did kill a lot of, like, the Christian communities because they were dumb and put monasteries by the sea where they would be easily raided. Most other places, like, they traded, like, civil people, especially to people who were, like, that much different because Vikings were educated. People from those areas didn't just, like, trade physical goods. They did learn from the people in those areas. And it's, like, they found different cloths and stuff from the Middle East in Viking graves because there was real correlation. Also, when we think about, like, queer people, because I know that a lot of places where Nordic gods are worshipped, it's not a queer safe place. Which is also wrong, because there's been graves of people who have suspected to be queer or transgender to be found. Like, there's... I have a link to a grave of a woman who was very likely a trans woman or non-binary gender fluid something like gender queer in some way who was it, it's it is so uh, wild how many times people are like well there's no history of queer people yeah because you burned it you got rid of it that's why there ain't shit and it's funny because like this specific grave that was found like she was highly respected she, whatever she was whether she was like a priest or a warrior or whatever she did good she earned like a, a noble grave so not only did they exist, but they were well-loved, they were respected, they were taken care of. So, like, to get on any, like, tirade that, you know, this isn't accurate or, like, queer people don't belong. Like, you're inherently inaccurate in what you're saying, and if you knew the gods and you did your research, you wouldn't be saying. Well, that should be, like, the subtitle name of the episode. Look at the Wikipedia page. Yeah, that can be the name of the episode. It's just read the fucking way out. Mm-hmm. Oh, and now, I also work with the Greek pantheon, which also has problems. And I hate to, like, make it seem like this is all negative, because, like, I very much love the culture around the deities. That's why I worship them. I literally just spent my entire time talking about how everything was fake, so, like, you're fine. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so, like, when we speak of Roman gods, I very much... Persephone isn't white. Persephone isn't even a little bit white. And I I know that that's gonna shock a lot of people, and they're, like, pooping their pants because they have the white, blonde, flowery lady who looks like she came off of a southern fucking debutante pageant lady. That's what they picture when they picture Persephone. And you're fucking wrong. She looks Middle Eastern. She... And I'm sure that some people might have different opinions, but she's definitely dark-skinned. She's dark-skinned, dark hair. She looks like a Grecian Middle Eastern woman, which makes sense. Persephone and her mom, their myth come from, obviously, Greece, but Sicily. Sicily used to be owned by Greece, it used to also be its own place. Yeah, I was about to say, isn't your family specifically Sicilian? Yeah. Yeah, but I, I didn't want to, I wanted you to make that distinction, not me, but like, I do remember specifically, I think you said Sicily, and if, I, if I'm wrong, I'm not sure, but I think Dionysus. Per, uh, Persephone, Dionysus, and Aphrodite all have roots in the indigenous pre-Grecian culture, I think. And, and so, yeah. And that's probably why we gravitate so much to each other, because we work with deities from the same roots. Yeah. I can imagine. It's very much, when you, were, you had mentioned that Persephone is like an old Grecian beauty, you're 
you're right. Like, that is absolutely what I have seen working with these kinds of Grecian gods. They do not, they're not white people. And Aphrodite, she had long, dark, like, kinky black hair. Yeah. Um, it was, like, down to her thigh. Yes. yes, that is absolutely, it very much fits. And it makes sense that they would choose to show themselves in very similar ways. Because the distinction I would make is that Persephone's hair is, like, actual curl. But, yes, mm-hmm. very long, very dark. That's just how the pretty goddesses look of that pantheon. Yeah. Um, and it makes me think that a lot of these people have never seen a Greek person because yes, they do come in very fair skin tones, but if you're getting to like Southern Greek or Southern Italy or Sicily, like Sicily at all, it's a very small island. These people are not traditionally white. Like my mom is Sicilian and she is very tan. Mm-hmm. She is two generations removed from Italy and the only people my family has ever married have been Celts. So like, <laughs> taken like a lot of very white people to get the tan out of our skin. Yes. For some dilution. In you there. got real. You really came in with the bleach. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, said Irish specifically. Yeah, yeah, F, yeah. Yeah, F. Me too. That's why people <laughs> were like, "Are you albino? I have brown <laughs> hair." People, no. Yeah. Oh, but yeah. So like, they're dark, and especially where like that's located, I'm sure that people migrate, people move. I'm sure that they've seen a black person, and there's probably actual like black god persephone very well could be black also like you don't have to take my word for it there's like the actual greek statue this was an article that was posted suit like recently but uh like it, i've heard it before it got posted on like cnn or whatever but the marble statues that are white used to be painted and when they were painted it did depict that some of the gods are like very dark or are of different race and they're not blonde hair blue-eyed people that's not what they look yeah the blonde hair blue eyes is specifically christian yeah it's just everywhere everywhere else like it's not even like nordic a lot of the times like loki and odin and shit are depicted with like red hair and yeah like, most of them are redheads even yeah. freya is not blonde she's a redhead like yes they can manifest however they want but you really the important thing is to be like why am i seeing this, this version, version. Yeah. Why do I see blonde hair, blue eyes, Aphrodite? You know, is it because uh, that my views of beauty are inherently rooted only as blonde hair, blue eyes? Whereas where you see, you know, the Grecian gods, you know, as they would look. Yeah. Because they don't have to put on a show for... Aph- Aphrodite has a pretty prominent nose. Yeah. I mean, big sexy. There's someone, this is kind of related, kind of off topic. You said big nose, and I need to find the artist because I love her. But they're doing, um, like, a transgender Adams family so Morticia is a trans woman and her nose is like the only thing they changed about Morticia's design and she's super tall but I love it and it's just yeah it's so cute and yeah big noses are fucking cute I case in point my husband most of my family that I can actually trace back like comes from Poland and then West Virginia and Poland Ireland and like Dutch and then a little bit of Native American and French. Typical white blend, but mostly comes out as the Polish in the fact that my nose is hooked and I always forget about it until like I turn to the side. I'm like, what the? Oh, oh. I love you very much, but you do have a very Anglo-Saxon nose. Oh my God, my nose is like. You have a very cute little nose. It's gotten pointier. Yeah, it has gotten pointier. After I went on testosterone, it got a little longer. Yeah, it has changed shape, but like I- I um, had a cute little My guide, Lamia, 
Sonia, her main feature is her nose. She has a big nose and heavy brow. Like, she has a very strong, long face. So, like, it's, it, it really is, like, when they show up to you as that, examine why. And it's just good to show that, like, yeah, no, sometimes they just show up, whatever. Have you seen Arachne as a human form before? The only way I've ever seen Arachne is the way that I saw her in the trance that we did, which, so that our listeners know how my deities appear most of the time, they are cartoon characters. I don't know why. I cannot visualize them as real people. They do not allow it, and it is every single one of them. So, Arachne looks like a Billy and Mandy style Betty Boop woman with a spider body. She has very short hair and it's like curled against her face. Her skin is slightly purple, but I think that's just because purple's one of her colors. Yeah, I like but, that. But yeah, yeah, that's the best I got for how a rat. Yeah. yeah, and it's it goes in general for us as a blanket statement. I say that our deity confirmations came through trances. Mm-hmm. So what that means for us is I do the guide to the trans and we're like, okay, let's go meet your deities. We bring the deity to the person. We And like this, this is followed up to usually with like tarot before and after for more stuff. But for the actual like confirmation of who, usually we just pick up the phone and go straight to the source. So that's what we mean by like when we meet them, it's through trans. Yeah, to get into my gods. Sorry, that was so drawn out. Um, To get into my gods, the ones that I work with who are gods, I do have spirit guides, but um, I- I'm just going to keep them to myself at the moment. I wouldn't mind like talking about them, but for what we're doing right now, they are so much of a, like a personal thing that I don't think they have much relevance specifically right now. So as mentioned, uh, like two seconds ago, I do work with Arachne. Uh, and she, for me, is like a fate god. And she is also for like, she's where like the shop is coming from. She is the one who's like, okay, this is your big brain task to like get this stuff going so that we can work on this next so that when the shop does this, we can do that. She's got all of her little legs working on everything at once for me. <laughs> um, and then Kara, which is the newest goddess. And I don't know if she's the newest. She's just the one that I was most recently able to name uh Hera's Hera she's for marriage and love for me she's also for like planning for the future because I'm with the person I plan on marrying there's like a lot of planning for the future we want to do in terms of like when we're having kids when we're moving to Wisconsin because that's something that is going to happen before we have kids hopefully Um, but just planning future and like the reality of being in a marriage and the reality of love, not the floaty puppy love stuff that is still super relevant, just changes once you're in a real relationship. She's your, like, drunk girl best. She's in a specific deck who used to be mean to me. Now she's calmed down. I think that I've just become less of an annoying dumbass, so she's been able to calm down in dealing with me. And then Persephone, which she is a goddess, again, that I know there is some discourse around so I'm kind of excited to get to talk about her more and especially like mine and her relationship but she is actually like who and where I do a lot of my shadow work Um, she's also like my plant mentor in trances we planted plants together Um, I chalk her up to being able to keep quite a few of my plants alive especially because I have so many in such a small place she also because of the deck and I need to do a review for this one it's called the blood moon tarot she is very much like a therapist goddess to me she asks a lot of questions in her deck and it's very like like I remember I was going through a hard time and I just kept asking her the same question trying to get an answer and it wasn't like constant but it was over a few days and eventually 
she gave me a card and I can't remember what the actual card was but like the message on it was why do you need to know the answer because the answer isn't going to change where you're at now and it's like okay that's very pointed and you're absolutely right and it was enough to be like okay I need to calm down whether I want to or not because it doesn't matter um and again that's very much working with a chaos entity like what are you going to do about it nothing the answer doesn't change anything so just sit there yeah yeah no I've definitely gotten those like stop pulling cards like stop the deck down go outside and now get over unless you have a different question i mean that happens i think a lot with people who read or hop and like ask the same question over and over it's like bro the same nothing changed the same shit's gonna happen that that was gonna happen the last time you had like, give it give it a rest bro or actually like change the sh- shit that you're getting or sometimes i think that sometimes it gets lost in the spiritual community and just in people in general that sometimes the answer is just fucking sit there Sometimes the answer is there is nothing you can do right now. Yeah. Like, underworld deities, I mean, they fucking know because they deal with fucking death. They're not going to take fucking bullshit. It's like, okay, either you do it or you die. Well, I don't want to have to, like, have a tough conversation or whatever. It's like, okay, piss your pants then. Like, what do you want? Yeah. like that's more of the vibe that you get from Persephone than like on TikTok. There's a lot of discourse about her relationship with Hades. So like it kind of really depends on who you ask. But most of the time she'll get like over demonized and like aired to Lilith, which is hella wrong. Or she'll get like woobified to more of like the sweet motherly side. So it's kind of like, can't y'all understand that deities also have complexities? She's one of the goddesses who showed up to me so it's very much like okay i know that she wanted me but she is she is less loving and affectionate than loki is at least the way that i can put it she's a queen she has shit to do she has been in her role for millennia she she's great i love her but like no and she's definitely not a demon she is a busy woman that's what's up do you work with Hades at all? So- More by association. Um, I think that Hades is reaching out to Odin just because it, I told him the myth and I can't remember the dude's name, but the dude who went into the underworld and asked for his wife back and then Persephone was like, Hades, you got to give him his wife back. And Hades was like, okay, fine. But the only way that he's getting his wife back is if he walks out of the underworld with her, but he can't look at her. So he ends up looking at her anyway and like obviously she goes back to the underworld and he doesn't get her and Odin was like that is the most bullshit thing that should have been the easiest way to get out you should have just like held her hand like Hades was right to be like no fuck you but you don't get your wife want to hear my hot take about that man um there's the version where he just kind of looks back but then there's also the version where he hears her fall and turns around to help her up and that's why she's taken back and it's like as they're exiting Ooh, drama I've, I've been looking into the one a lot because I've been looking into Orphism specifically and I also have the Orphic Tarot deck so like sometimes I just sit and think about I'm like damn (laughs) if I heard Eli fall I would probably turn back too damn but to me what I say to that bruh blindfold yeah Yeah. Um, y'all got robes didn't Orpheus like have like a lot of hair just like put the emo bangs down bruh (laughs) but but, yeah so anyway yeah the it would it would make sense that Hades would reach out to I would also clarify Odin your 
boyfriend, an actual human being. Not, yeah, not God. I got found. <laughs> <laughs> this is a literal person. You already met Persephone before I met you. It's always interesting for me to like hear how she is. And I, I don't know if people like assume that like if you work with one, then you must like work with their spouse or whatever. But like it doesn't work that way all the time. If I work with Hera, it'll be a cold day in hell before I ever work with Zeus. Yeah, like it's like you can have separate relationships and like they don't sometimes a lot of things like don't associate and that's why a lot of people when are like oh be careful with working with like these people together like generally it's like having cats in the house just like make sure that they have their own space and can like sniff each other out Not yeah well, in, in the aspect of like having cats sniff each other out i do have gods that don't like each other i.e freya and loki yeah. I can't talk about either one of them on each other's days. Like, and their tarot decks cannot touch. They need to be separate because they get angry. The way that I met Persephone was one time I was given LSD and I didn't, I knew that it caused hallucinations, but like, so does marijuana, quote unquote. It is not the fucking same. Not even close. <laughs> so I did acid for the first time. I wasn't really sure on what to expect. And I remember I was looking like back and forth in a mirror and I just had a voice and it was Persephone and she was just saying her name and then she was like, come outside. It's January. It is two o'clock in the morning. Don't go outside. But it was just constant like, come outside. Come outside. You want to play in the snow. Come outside so that was how i met her that was the initial thing and it was like okay she came she said hello i did not listen to her that was a good thing because i actually recently read the myth about eros and psyche and there's a part in it where aphrodite is like she's about to send psyche underworld and she's like don't eat anything persephone gives you don't sit on the couch don't drink anything be careful what you say to her she will try and get you to do these things and if you do any of them she will kill you it's like yeah i very much feel like that call to outside was like are you gonna be dumb enough to like do this or are you gonna like not listen this time and you know be around to like hang out um, and it's funny because uh, the cult she is a part of with her mother, um, the members of it would take Ergot. Ergot's effects are extremely similar to LSD. Oh, yeah. Would have no way of getting a hold of Ergot. So I think it's very funny that it was the closest substance she could get to that was initially part of her cult. Mm. That she could be like, hey, I'm here. What are you going to do? What kind of follower are you? Like, where are we at? Modernize, adapt, overcome. Exactly. Like, yeah, don't got Ergot. I mean, that's cool because, like, that probably would like kill you or something it's a little easier to probably take the lsd and i find that a lot of like chaos entities like that have no issue like kind of like adapting to like modern shit they don't care like yeah she'd pop in and say all right test number one go outside which like generally if something tells you to go outside and you know you shouldn't yeah probably don't yeah probably just for safety if you're in michigan don't go outside ever that's my advice <laughs> yeah any entity that tries to get you to do anything that crosses a doorway just don't don't yeah. doorways are not where you want to be yeah. yeah moving from persephone freya she is obviously like a sex goddess lucky boyfriend but the other aspect of her is self-love i guess the best example of like a solid thing when i was younger trying to figure out like style and stuff i didn't feel pretty so i did like a deep meditation where i tried to get a hold of her and she came into the frame as 
and I've already told you before, like when I go into deep meditations or whatever, it's like a pink grassy field that I'm in. He came into the frame of like the grassy field as a Gustav Klimt painting, and she was just like a white mask, and she had on like black eyeliner that she had done in like liquid liner, and that was like the whole message was liquid liner instead of a pencil. But she came down in like all of her glory in a non-human shape. Some earth-shattering form. Try liquid liner instead. You know, like, be not afraid. <laughs> Try some soap. Try soap. Yeah. It, I, I feel also like forms change a lot anyway. And, like, I can't really reliably say. I can give, like, a general description of, like, how my spirits show up. But anytime they show up, it's like, okay, we have hooves now. That's cool. All right. We have feet last time. But, like, we got hooves now. Okay. Now, all right. There's wings. Okay. Not wings this time. Okay. Cool. You know, so it's like, it's always interesting to see how they show up especially to demonstrate something like liquid eyeliner yeah you know? i mean goddamn, if it didn't make me feel like a gustav painting the first time i got it right yeah then last is loki which again big milf energy I would say out of all of them, Loki is probably the god that I'm the closest to. And to me, Loki is grounding and it's getting through chaotic situations. And he's like really, really good at warning people of stuff. It's just gonna come in the weirdest package that you're not gonna know it until it's too late. So you've got like two seconds to come up with your game plan on how you're gonna fucking get through that. Uh, yeah, who have gotten readings from Loki. Yeah, it really is. Is like damn you're right i don't know how you got there but you're fucking right on to like how i got into all of this i in high school was that kind of girl who was super into love spells obviously not worked but that didn't matter it was the gateway it's funny comparing like then to now and actually having some knowledge and i think it's going to be especially helpful to people who are new to really understand that witchcraft isn't necessarily the material um, because i know that when i started it was like nothing can be man-made everything has to be like pure nature i can only use the freshest moss and i have to go hunt down my own herbs da, 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 which is absolutely not even close spell that i remember i remember when i was a kid i wanted to do a love spell but like i didn't have anything and i was frustrated and i didn't use anything because i didn't have anything but i had like perfume you have alcohol that's an offering because again dj conway fuck you all of the book like you can't offer this you can't offer that. You can't do this. Da, 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 da. DJ Conway and like all of the books that you can get at Cough Cough, Barnes and Noble because I live in white people hell. They're all like Wiccan. So it was the whitewash versions of like Aphrodite and Pan and like, all of the Grecian mains and like Hecate. Like, you can't do anything that's bad and wrong. Exactly. White magic only. Love and light. As I like got more into it and I actually was able to do even like a little bit of real work or sitting outside and like hanging out with them in any way that I could think of that wasn't solely based on experiences growing up as Christian. Then I started developing real relationships with the gods and I don't really know who came first. It could either be Persephone or Loki and um, Freya. Not really sure. Doesn't really matter but those three being the mains that's how it all got started. Pretty much to sum up like traditions very much I had like offerings in place I just didn't try any magic 
Um, I cast a love spell, and it was very specifically like, I need a husband, I need him to be faithful, I need him to love me, I need to be able to trust him, I need him to respect me, and then two months later I met Odin, and he is, again, like, the person I'm gonna marry, and it was just very weird, and that was part of, like, what made me believe, and then also finding you guys at work, and then, like, actually being a part of your lives, learning from you guys, especially has helped with, like, spirit work and divination and using tarot cards, so that's been wonderful you guys have been a great influence yeah so moving on to my cookies and things that have made me believe so one that was pretty immediate with us and isn't written down is shared a roommate with eli and avery separately and when i moved in with them they told me a bunch of rumors about eli and avery and how they were you know the scariest scariest people that i have ever met and i need to watch out for like spirits and evil fae and i i need to be wary so anyway i did this protection spell and it was literally i took thumbtacks and poked them into lemons and i wrote eli and avery's name on the lemon and i wrapped it in twine and i said that they can't do any magic to us but otherwise leave them alone magic kind of took over because one of their friends had a dream that they were cursed and it was right as we were all becoming friends and it, it was the lemon we were but a sad lemon in a freezer afterwards i did take it out it did get thrown away like obviously it was undone after i had realized that like the danger had passed and that it actually had done something and was like stopping them from being able to do their own work which obviously i feel like shit about that wasn't ever what it was supposed to do a proof of your power within six hours of you telling us about this lemon our realtor contacted us about this house we probably saved us because like we looked at so many houses that like we probably should have gotten but didn't and it was like why can't we get a fucking house and then you're like hey feel really bad uh i ended up hexing you but like i'm gonna take it out and like all that shit and then we get a text from our realtor yeah um i have a house that hasn't been put on the market yet do you want to come see it tomorrow and now we're in the house <laughs> oh like yeah that is also one of the things that made me believe and like honestly Honestly, I, I think it's fucking funny and I harbor no ill will. It's fucking hilarious. I do not harbor any ill will. I just remain impressed with yeah. the power of the lemon. You can make a powerful spell out of a lemon, some sharpie, and some thumbtacks. Again, like part of the ancestral magic that my biznona came through and was like, get this book. And I bought it and that was one of like the first spells that I found in it and it's the only one I've used from it and like sure as shit it's the Italian blood and also with you guys like Arachne hunting me down the story with that one um, but I brought you guys my decks and we kept getting the spider and I went home and I her deck is the wild unknown and I think it's eight of pentacles it's maybe seven it whatever one is the pentacles with the fucking spider on it. yeah because it's like crafts and hard work but I didn't want it to be Arachne because I don't like spiders like even now I am extremely leery of them which again spirits like fear but I went to work the next day after hanging out with you guys 
And when I picked up the ink bucket, there was a big red spider. And when I looked at it, it was just like the clearest message of, if you deny Arachne again, the next spider you see is going to bite you. So it was like, okay, not denying it. It's Arachne. I'm not fucking around. Good to see you. How can I help you? I remember that. I remember you texted us about how spider threatened to bite you. The other, I've told you guys about spider Jesus. There was one day I was outside and like, obviously the spider was on a web, but I couldn't see the web and it was just like ascending backwards into the sky like it was fucking Jesus. Dude, it was great. I don't know what the message was. I guess ascension is upon us but... Yeah, you you saw a spider get raptured is what happened. <laughs> yeah, only his soul was... I guess I'm just gonna get to the good one because honestly that's the only fucking one that matters. I was hesitant of telling this story but now that I have gotten permission as of yesterday I will tell this story and I will tell it good. <laughs> there I was probably about 15 years old and that's about the age that you know kids start having sex because that's teenagers and when you live in a spot where it's super religious and there's a church on literally every fucking corner sex is only the most interesting thing so there was this guy and everybody dated him but he apparently had a very small dick his name was jay he's never gonna listen to this and if he does jay honestly you're welcome <laughs> uh, so there i was new year's eve and i have a new year's eve party every year and it's always with a bunch of girls and it's a specific group of girls da, 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 da. now in this group two of the girls have dated him one is like an ex of his the other one is currently dating him and the ex like had made a comment like yeah he's okay sorry about the day so we all sit at the end of my couch and we all hold hands and talladega nights was a bad thing for the uh community out here because in my school everything had a problem with like praying to sweet baby jesus so that is how this prayer started but pretty much sweet baby jesus will you make jay's dick better for this girl who was dating him and we all said this prayer now obviously you're not expecting anything to happen this is just like a funny thing for kids to do right because this is like i don't know early middle school so there we are and we pray you know a few years go by and one of my other friends dates jay and i don't even think they actually dated they were just fuck buddies. and apparently jay had gotten like a massive just absolutely horse dick like the biggest dick anybody anybody around had had and i don't know if like i never fooled around with him i'm good out of all that but i don't know if it was like it was initially so small that when it got to any size it was just like oh my god it's massive or if it really was that big but yeah like jay can thank my new year's eve party that year for his horse dick now and i think he married his high school sweetheart so again you're welcome for the horse dick so yeah in conclusion pray for your dick pray for your dick <laughs> pray, for, pray for your homie's dick yeah no, pray I, for my dick i can attest that um the power that a group of girls at a sleepover have magic wise is the most powerful raw energy that can be fucking harnessed and i can feel lamia nodding her head behind me i didn't want to immediately take it to talking about dicks but i guess when the opportunity oh, arises bro like i'm surprised it took us this long to get <laughs> and i like you know yeah no it's what it's true that's how magic works sex magic whatever like it's all good you want to call that a wrap on the episode do you have anything else Brittany, left in your notes i don't 
not that not that's gonna top Jay's big dick. So Dick Jay's big dick. It's the power of community coming together and make dick bigger. So the manifestation, y'all. Be careful of manifestation because it will work. What was Sorry, the, what was the other oh uh wiki your shit? Be careful when you manifest and most of the shit that you've read in a book was probably made up by some guy in the 50s. That's a wrap. Y'all are welcome. See you at the next circle.